can be terrifying, and I was, I was drug on stage many a time as a young kid, <laughs> and asked to sing songs. But it paid off. I'm not afraid now to be up here. So, is there children's church? It doesn't have to. There doesn't have to be. There's. It's, it's up to. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to keep it short today. So. I'm going to keep the kids engaged. I'm going to do a song and dance every five minutes. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, John did ask if he could say something before we get into the Advent uh, portion of the service. So, John, would you come real quick? Hello. So I'm going to keep it as brief as possible. Um, as most or some of you know, my sister Kathy passed away on December the 2nd, and I'm not going to lie, it's been a really, really, really rough journey. Um, she passed away pretty unexpectedly, and then just from speaking to Brother Walker and Brother Brad, just has just really helped out. Um, before everything happened, um, I was coming to church, but I wasn't really all here, and then Last Sunday for our Advent message, you know, Pastor Brad spoke on love, and it just, it hit me harder than anything, because I know, just like we talked about last Sunday, God's love is with us no matter what, and that's, more than anything, that's helped me get through it. It's still rough, not going to lie, but in the end, I know that God's love is with us, um, I just want to take a few moments to thank you all so much for all your kind words, for just for being here, for just for everything you've been saying, for all your prayers. And yeah, that's what I want to say. Thank you, John. And we're still praying for you and we're still here for you. And that's that's what community does. That's what the body of Christ does. We bear one another's burdens thus fulfilling the law of Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul told us. And so, thank you, John, for those words. Well, it is now the last Sunday of Advent. We have, the first week we were given hope, then peace, and last week love. And Brother Paul is going to come and light this week's candle for us. Oh, <laughs> Not good. All right. Good morning, church. Um, yeah, I, I love the recognition of Advent because it's a symbolism of, um, you know, the gifts that, that God has given us and, and the main gift being Jesus and, and that lights our candles um, to take to the world, to light others' candles. And that's why I love like what we did first thing this morning. Uh, we all help each other lighten the candles and... and um, I think, you know, that's what God has called us to do. So today, uh, we're going to light the joy candle. And, um, you know, I believe I was thinking about it all week. I believe that, uh, you know, it's, joy is not an emotion. It's a, it's a gift from God that we can only have when Jesus is the center of our life. And um, so uh, I prayed God gave me a scripture to bring. Um, I'll be reading today from uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And may God have a blessing on the reading and the hearing of his word. Um, 
Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, like I said, I believe fully that the only way that we can, you know, truly experience hope and peace and joy is, is when Jesus is the center of our lives. And I just pray today that no one leaves here today without that knowledge and that full assurance because you can have it there's and uh, if you don't then, then talk to somebody please and and leave here today so that you can experience um you know with the rest of us believers um what christmas is all about what advent is all about and in this time as we wait on christ to come back for his church and so it, give god all the glory and the thanks in Jesus' name, yes. I love that scripture that, that uh, Paul read. It ties it all together. You heard hope, joy, peace, all in that, uh, that reading of the scripture. Amen. God is good. So today is joy. Today we talk about joy, and I love what he said. Joy is not an emotion, but it's a gift. Joy is not an emotion, but it is a gift. That's really good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke, the second chapter. I already read it to you this morning. I'm going to be taking 8 through 14. I'm going to read to you again, or again, however you say it. Again. Some of us say it that way. I'm old English, though. You know, I'm King James, so a lot of these and thous. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, or very afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, I almost said a multitude, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Scripture. God, I pray that you would bless it this morning. I pray that you would, uh, in these next few moments, God, that, that we would begin to understand joy and that joy is possible in and through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good tidings of great joy, the angel said. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Good tidings. Where did the angel appear to announce this good tidings of great joy? Did the angel go to the palace? No. Did the angel go to the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the religious rulers or even the temple? No. The angel showed up to a bunch of guys working third shift Right? These guys, these guys weren't the 7 to 3 guys. They weren't even the 2 to 11 or whatever the other shift is. These guys were the overnighters. And the angel showed up to them and said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Joy is not found in the palace. Joy is not found 
in, in wealth. Joy is not found even in getting your dream of being a first shifter or whatever your dream is. I heard a, a celebrity say one time, you don't know real depression and hopelessness until all your dreams come true. Because then it is then that you realize that joy is not found there. Joy is not found in the millions of dollars. Joy is not found in the Powerball. Joy is found in Jesus Christ, in the gift. I'll try, I promise I will try to keep it brief. Joy, why do I even say that? Joy is found in Jesus, not the palace. It wasn't even found in the temple. It was found with commoners, and it was a gift. Joy is not something you can earn. Joy is a gift to be received. I bring you good tidings of great joy. It wasn't something they earned. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a notch in their belt. It wasn't a merit badge. Joy is not something that you, a, a pill you can take or a drug you can take and, and, and get. It is a gift to be received. Joy is a gift. It is not an emotion like, like Paul said. It is a gift. Amen. 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 And Jesus showed cookies. I'm sorry, I, I was distracted. I heard the word cookies, and I was trying to get some joy <laughs> up here. <laughs> oh, chocolate chip, there you go. All right, the angel did not go to the wealthy. I already, already read that. He came to, to the workers on the third shift, trying to make ends meet. Joy is not found in popularity or palaces, because that would be too shallow and that can be taken away. Joy is much deeper than that. By constantly seeking and working and getting ahead and, and, and acquiring things, we think that we can attain joy, but joy is not that shallow. Joy is a gift to be received, not a badge to earn. The shepherds did not earn great joy. It was a gift. Joy is not something you can manufacture or conjure up. Joy is a gift. Receive it this morning. Receive that joy. <clears throat> and, and too often in the English language, we use joy and happiness. You know, we use them like, what's the word I'm looking for? Synonyms? Thank you. We, they're like synonyms. They made me think of cinnamon rolls. So. As you can tell, I didn't eat breakfast. So, <laughs> yeah. Joy and happiness, we, we, we interchange them a lot. Happiness, I heard it explained one time, happiness is kind of what happens to us. Happiness, what happens to us. But joy is something deeper than that. See, see, the problem with happiness is that my happiness can bring you pain. Right? My happiness, just me being happy, might bring pain to others. Right? Plantation owners in the South were happy that they had a lot of money, but it was bringing pain and suffering, right? So happiness is not the same as joy. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is shallow. My happiness can bring pain to others, but true joy is a gift, what the angel said, for all people, for everyone. 
Happiness is not the same as joy. Happiness is tied to emotion and how I feel. But joy is deeper. Joy is deeper than that. Joy is even in the garden of Gethsemane when Christ said, My soul is sorrowful unto death. He still had the joy of the Lord for the joy that was set before him. Joy is possible even in pain and suffering. Joy isn't something we can manufacture or conjure up. Joy is much deeper than that. The angel said, great joy which shall be to all people. This joy that comes from Jesus is for everybody. And, 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 in, and I was thinking about joy this morning. And, and you know, in, in our lives, we have no doubt experienced moments of joy that we knew were much deeper than just superficial happiness. The birth of a baby. You've been around a birth of a baby. There's a feeling of joy. There's a feeling that comes around that. Or, when, or at a wedding, there's a feeling of joy that comes there where you know you're experiencing something deeper. You're experiencing something deeper than just superficial happiness. Or, or when the family all gets back together again, there's this feeling of joy. Even though there might be a little bit of turmoil or a little bit of strife, there's still a feeling of joy. Joy is deeper than happiness. That's the main point I'm trying to get off in these first few minutes is that happiness is, 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 is tied to emotions, tied to what we're going through, whether we're happy or not, whether they got um, our two packs of ketchup at, at Freddy's or, or whether they forgot them, you know. You, that can determine your happiness. <laughs> or you talk to anybody who's ever worked at a drive-thru, they'll tell you they've seen some people who that's affected their happiness. I have. I worked at Wendy's, and I, somebody threw, Rhonda knows, we worked at Wendy's together. Somebody came back and threw his nuggets back inside and said, I said, piping hot. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted his nuggets piping hot, and that affected his happiness. <laughs> affected, the happy, affected the happiness of the drive through worker, and the MIC, the manager in charge. All right. <laughs> happiness is tied to, I get off on these tangents. Happiness is tied to emotion. Joy is deeper. Joy is deep down inside of you that even when you're experiencing pain and sorrow and loss, that you can still find that joy in Jesus Christ. Because joy is tied to hope. And it's tied to peace. And it's tied to love. That even when I'm suffering, I know that better days are coming, Right? That even if I die, we are not as those who have no hope, but we have hope in Jesus Christ. That I can even have peace in the storms, the storms of life that come. I can have peace in Jesus. And that I have experienced the love of God. If nobody else loves me, God himself loves me and gave his son for me and expressed that in his son, Jesus Christ. So in all of those things, I can have joy, a deep, founded peace. And a contentment. I believe joy is closer to the word contentment than it is to the word happiness. Because I believe there's a contentment that comes in knowing in whom you have hoped. In whom is your peace giver. In who loves you. Joy, in my, the way I understand it, is more like the word content. That I am content. That Christ, even in the garden, says, not my will, but thine be done. I'm not 
The only prayer that never got answered from Jesus, as far as I can tell, is let this cup pass from me. But yet he still said, but not my will. Thine be done. He had contentment. He had joy in that. Okay, moving on. The angel said to them, good news, great joy. Mary and Joseph had received this gift of great joy, of good news. But you know, and you look at the story of Mary and Joseph, this, this receiving of joy and this gift did not lead to a life of ease. In fact, the angel said to Mary, you are highly favored. But do you know what that showed up as? No room at the inn. The man you love almost put you away. Giving birth on a dirt floor, possibly in a cave. A donkey ride to Jerusalem. Fleeing in the middle of the night for Egypt for the safety of your child, for your child who, the, uh, who Herod, the ruler, was trying to kill. That's what great favor looked like. So, but she had joy. She had peace. She had hope. She had love. Your life's not going to be perfect. Just because you have received this gift. But it will be fulfilling. It won't be perfect and it won't be easy, but it will be fulfilling. And you will make a difference. If you can receive this gift of joy, then you can make a difference. Amen. Amen. Mary was highly favored, but it did not translate into an easy life. She lost her husband. Eventually, she lost her son. But then in all of the chaos of Mary's life comes this little bundle of joy. Our joy is not predicated on our circumstances, but on our hope in Jesus Christ. Charlie Dates says somewhere in that first Christmas was a lot of terror, political turmoil, pending infanticide, a shakeup in the established religious order. Sound familiar? We don't need things to be ideal to enjoy Christmas. It seems like God timed his entrance to meet our chaos with his joy. Just as he did it back then, he'll do it now. But we have to receive it. It is a gift to be received. The joy given at that first Christmas is tied up to a few things, I think, and I just want to briefly go through them. Number one, God is faithful. He does what he says he will do. Number two, God has not forgotten you. God did not forget his people. God did not forget his promise. And God did not forget Mary and Joseph. And God will not forget you. And thirdly, God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God is not, we've talked about it the last couple weeks, some far off deity making arbitrary decisions, but he is with us. He gets down in the dirt. He makes friends. He deals with people. He suffers pain. He loses friends. He's betrayed. He watches his own body deteriorate before his very eyes on that cross. Can you imagine? Knowing that he's about to breathe his last knowing that his time is short. In the garden, I already mentioned this, but in the garden he is not happy, but he has joy. He's sorrowful, it says. 
but somehow in his sorrow, he has joy. Joy can exist, I believe, in sorrow. Joy can exist with sorrow, not in sorrow, but with sorrow. Joy can exist with loneliness. Joy can exist with grief. And joy can exist with longings. Joy can exist even in our, in our lives, even when we have sorrow. But, but I believe that there are two things that joy cannot coexist with. And one is hopelessness. And one is despair. Because to, to experience true joy, we have to understand that there is hope. Even in the darkness I loved it when all the lights were out and the light in the darkness. There's a light in the darkness and Jesus is described as the light in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome Jesus. The darkness in your life cannot overcome the Christ that's in you. The darkness in this world cannot overcome the Christ that is in us. This world, let's be honest, is dark. It's dark. But that darkness won't overcome the light, if the light is in you is Jesus Christ, if it is founded in the, the hope, the peace, the love, and the joy of Jesus Christ. I believe that joy cannot coexist with hopelessness and despair. But I believe that even in our sorrows, in Christ, we have hope. So what is, how is joy attained? I, I, I didn't really do a great job of of describing it. I, I spoke on joy last, last year, and I talked a lot more about that at Christmas time, and I, again, determined not to preach the same message. But I believe joy boils down to this. How do you experience joy in your life? This is what it boils down to. Really just one word. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And that means... God with us. Our joy comes from the fact that God is with us, that Jesus is with us, that he has gifted his son to us, that in the baby in the manger is the same God that measured out the oceans. The baby in the manger is the same God who spoke the world into existence. The baby in the manger is God, and he left his throne to come to you because of love. And he planted in your heart hope. And he wants to give you peace. And through that love, make you experience joy. That God is with us. Not against us, but with us. Even when we suffer loss, like our brother was talking about this morning. That God is with you, John. He's not abandoned you. He's with you. He's walking with you through that pain. He has not left you. He is not far from you. He is right there crying with you, holding you, giving you peace and joy. That's the God we serve. God is with us. And in that, we can experience joy. This is, this is uh, one of the last sermons we get to preach this year. And this has been a rough year at the River Church. Suffered some loss. We've suffered some loss this year. We lost Dave. We lost Cindy. Some of you have lost spouses, dear friends, family members, 
Some of you have lost, lost jobs, relationships, your health. But in that, we can still experience the joy. It's not that we're walking around with a goofy grin on our face and happy that these bad things have happened. No, it's knowing that in Christ, that God, because God is with us, that these situations are not hope, hopeless, that we have hope, that all is not lost, that we are not as those who have no hope, that there is a day coming. And just as we waited for Advent, and we've been celebrating Advent, and this day has finally come, the babe is coming in a manger, there's another day that's coming. And we wait in expectation for that day. When every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And Jesus will return. And every eye will see him. And those who have gone on before will be reunited with those who are still alive. According to 1 Thessalonians. There is coming a day when all heartaches shall pass. No more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. But forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day that will be. There is coming a day. So in that, we can have hope. And we can have peace. And we can experience the love of God. And all of that together will bring us a life of joy. A life of contentment. Not a perfect life. Don't mishear me. It's not going to be perfect. Hardships are still going to come, but there's hope. There's hope. Every single person could get up and talk about their year, and we would all think, oh my goodness, I can't believe you went through that this year. I'm so sorry I didn't know that. But yet we put on happy faces when we come in, right? And everybody tries to portray perfection, except for me, I didn't even tuck my shirt in this morning. <laughs> I'm out of notches on my belt. It's time for that miracle diet. But don't be trying to sell me any of uh, those crazy fads of exercise and eating, right? I'm not into that. But, but we have hope, and we can have joy in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We can have joy because God is with us. He's not far off. He's with us. He's walking beside us. He came as a babe. He suffered. He lived a, a human life. He died he went in the grave. He did not overcome death by avoiding it, but by going right through its guts. And he came out on the other side so that when we go through death, we have no fear. There is no fear in death. That's why Christians don't be fearful of tomorrow, of, of, of anything. You serve Jesus. We have nothing to fear. Don't even give thought for your life, Jesus said. So don't get so caught up in politics and, and everything that you're worried that America's going down the drain. And... It might, but Jesus is still king. Okay. Psalm 126.5 says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. There's a day coming where he will wipe away all the tears. He'll wipe away every tear from their eye. God doesn't send somebody. You read in the book of Revelation. God doesn't send somebody to wipe the tears. He doesn't, he doesn't give the job to an angel. It says he himself will wipe away every tear. 
every tear of sorrow that you've ever shed, Christ himself will wipe away that tear. Your tears have not gone unnoticed. There is joy in the Lord. The birth of Jesus Christ has brought us hope, peace, joy, or love, and joy. And just as they waited for the coming of Christ, we too look for him. Just as they waited, we look for that, do- for that day. We have hope in that day. So this Christmas, let your life be filled with hope in hopeless situations. Find peace in the chaos. Give the love of Christ to all you encounter. And receive the joy that Christ has for you. Amen. And be filled with anticipation. That just as he came once, he's coming again. Amen. Amen. We're going to take communion together as a church, and then we're going to be dismissed. See, I didn't even preach that long, did I? Oh, no.